If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. When researching this week's case, it reminded me so much of our sponsor, Hood Adjacent Tees, because it shows just how hood adjacent I really am in like real life. Their CEO and director of dopeness, Patricia and her family, created Hood Adjacent Tees for everyone. For the ones that stay in the church house and for the roundaway girls, Hood Adjacent Tees has something for you. Now you can get 20% off of your order from Hood Adjacent Tees using the discount code SWK at checkout. And they ain't all the way in the hood, they're hood adjacent. Check them out and now on to the show. Okay, so today's players are DeAndre Parker, a nigga from the hood, and Shantae Henderson, our murderess. Shantae Henderson was born October 18, 1982, the second of two children to her young parents, Angie and Rodney Henderson. They met at Lincoln University. Shout out to the HBCUs. Um, her so many mom HBCUs. 105. No, I mean just so many of our murderesses have been through the hbcus we black yeah but okay they're good schools they're great schools you you know what i'm saying there's just like this negative stereotype on these like you think these people are just like dumb or whatever or come from nothing and these are educated people well i think for hbcus like hbcus produce most the majority of black teachers, black doctors, black dentists. But the thing is, the history of these HBCUs and not just the top five, there was like this TikTok about like, stop glorifying just the top five, even though I love (laughs) y'all. But schools like Fisk, like Tuskegee, like we weren't allowed to learn how to be vets. So Tuskegee has like one of the largest veterinary programs Mm -hmm. and produces the most black vets. But every time you... Don't allow somebody into the education system. They create their own. They excel in it. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, there's going to put a negative stereotype on it because they want that to crumble. And that's why a lot of HBCUs, like some of the HBCUs, are fighting so hard to keep their accreditation because the support, the support, the need. And so even though a lot of our murderesses do have ties to HBCUs, they're still very, very important. (laughs) And... I mean, they're filled with so much history. Like, even the civil rights wouldn't be what it was. The civil rights movement wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't for students at HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Like, it, if it wasn't for... It was kid, It was students. Mm-hmm. Because old folks were, you know, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I mean, you know... Or being happy folks. and so, complacent. Or, right. It was, it was 
people our age. Yeah. Or, you know, it was undergrad students. Yeah. So, and those HBCUs were prominent. North Carolina A&T, I mean, that's one of the big ones, but North Carolina A&T, the sit-ins, like... Yeah. The... So, HBCUs are very important. Not what this story is about. <laughs> But they did both go to Lincoln. So her mom was a school teacher and her father was a social worker. So life for the young family seemed to be going well. Shantae and her older brother, Rodney Jr., but in the video we watch, everybody calls him Lil Rodney. They went mm-hmm. to private school from pre-K to about second grade. And even though their parents both had a college education, it was still, there was a teacher and a social worker, which we already know, very important jobs that don't get paid enough. Yeah. So they were still struggling to make ends meet. And we're also talking about this is the 80s. So Crack. drugs are everywhere. Drugs are everywhere in the streets. And they're having they're starting to have a growing drug addiction. Her brother said when he was about six or seven and he said that she was about three or four. The parents would throw what I like to I think of as a rent party, but <laughs> threw a party at the house and they were selling drugs to probably to pave the bills and to buy more drugs and just the cycle goes on and on and on. And this is when they're really young. Yeah. And like not, no, we, they're serving heroin. Heroin. Yes. They're serving heroin, but their drug of choice was crack. Their love for crack and their addiction really put a strain on their marriage. So y'all BET, do you want to tell them about this? Cause I'm about to go. This into is the it. best thing BET has ever done. Y'all BET did a special on this. If y'all don't have BET plus, like, Get it for seven get, days get and a, at least watch it. Get a it. trial like we did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So they got this it's show so on air called American Gangster Trap Queens. And they are talking. It's like our black crime reenactment story. And it's so good, y'all. It's hosted by, it's narrated by Little Kim. Y'all. And she's good. She's a, she's so, such a good narrator. She's a great narrator. One of the EPs, one of the executive producers on the show is Judge Mathis. I just... It's so blackity black, and it's good because you know the reenactments. BET loves to disappoint us, but this is so good, y'all. Last week, Natavia, if you watched any of the videos, the reenactments, they're so bad. They're so bad. The casting is off. the The lighting is off. It looks horrible. But these look so good. So good. Black true crime on BET Plus. Love it. They need to have us come do an episode. They definitely do. Don't forget to cancel y'all subscription after seven days. They will charge you. (laughs) On this special, she recalls a time when she was about three or four and her parents were fighting. Her dad was either drunk. She thought it was drunk, but was on drugs. They were fighting and her dad hit her mom upside the head and she was bleeding from the head. And she was bleeding so bad that the cops ended up having to remove her dad from the house. And this is when she was like, four yeah their aunt was on there and it was like they lived through they saw some things that kids should have never seen yeah when Shantae was seven years old her mom finally left Rodney senior their mom Angie was still addicted to crack and was angry with the kid's father she refused to let him see the children and Shantae recalled in the same BET special that she would begin acting up in school hoping that the school would eventually call her dad like she's just too out of control she needs her dad here of course that trick never played out and she began getting a reputation as the problem child at school so finally when Shantae was nine years old her mom got clean from crack though she was no longer addicted to drugs she was getting sicker and sicker she was in and out the hospital 
Now, Shantae was under the impression that her mom was diagnosed with cancer but had been treated and was really coming around health-wise. In reality, the adults in her life were keeping her and her brother in the dark about the severity of her mother's illness. Then, in 1993, Shantae's mother passed away and she and her brother moved to their grandmother's house. How do you not... I feel... Stop lying to kids. Mm-hmm. Kids aren't dumb. I'd rather know these are my last moments with my mom than think, oh, you've made it through, and then all of a sudden you die right. suddenly. Everybody tell you, oh, she's she's coming home tomorrow. Right. Like, tell, stop lying to children. Stop lying to children. So their grandmother lived in the Charlie Parker Projects in Kansas City, which is known as Killer City, okay? The area was really notorious for gang activity. Actually, like, the entire city was. Y'all, I watched, I listened to these white girls do a podcast about this episode, and she goes on for, like, ten minutes, and she will, she lists every single gang <laughs> that, that they are affiliated with and that they are beefing with, and it's just like, yes, Y'all, the list goes on, girl. We know how girl, gang shit works. That's that's how gang shit work. And they were just like, oh, my God. So in 1993, which was the year that they moved in with their grandmother, Kansas had a total of 100 Kansas City, excuse me, had a total of 153 reported murders. Of course, that's reported murders. Right. And that record remained from that year until like 2017. Like they are consistently number five in like out of U.S. cities. They're like ranked number five. They're up there. Murders, which you think. Chicago, Chicago's at 11. You always hear, like, Chicago's is... But I think it's, like, also, like, by, pop, by a certain... Like, maybe by every 100,000 people or something like that. Right, but Chicago's got a larger population than Kansas City. And they're still beating them out. Yeah. Yeah. When they moved in, they moved in with their grandmother. And, and they moved in with their grandmother. And Shantae and her cousin, you know... I have some boy cousins that, like... When we get together, it's rough and tough. We're going out. We're going hunting. We're going doing something. And so we country, but they're in the city. So they was running the streets and they were getting in loads of trouble. They were getting in trouble in the streets. They were getting in trouble in school. They were kind of just, you know, acting up. They was kids. As far as gangs go, the way that Shantae explains it is it wasn't just, oh, bloods, crips, uh, symbols, colors, things like that. It was where you from. It was your block, you know? It's your block and maybe your building and maybe just be your neighborhood. So I think that's why there were so many. And you wasn't just banging for colors. You was banging for 12th Street, which is where she was from. She was banging for 12th Street. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's where her loyalty was and still remains today. So in the same special, y'all watch the fucking special. In the same special, her cousin talks really briefly. He's like, 12th Street is so prominent because there was a time where that was the only place that people could find housing redlining at its best racism at its best the life of drugs cars and money really intrigued shantae and she fell right into the street crowd now shantae did not just say oh i want to be a gangster and get in she had proven herself too everyone knew she had hands she had two uncles who were professional boxers and they showed her how to hold her own in a fight and she used those fighting skills that she learned you know everyone knew that she had the hands and the whole block knew that she would take anyone down and Shantae was no longer fucking around. She was ready for this street life. At the age of 13, she started selling dime bags of weed here and there. And then she started smelling herself around the ladies and shit. And now she realized she liked girls. And so she's studded out She right is studded. Oh. <laughs> and, and although she could, like, beat your ass to, like, throw hands at anybody who stepped to her, she had this love of guns. Like, collected the shits. 
kept duffel bags of all type of shit. Just was obsessed with them. Is that what a duffel bag boy is? No, duffel bags are selling dope. But yeah, she she would buy so many guns and then resell them. She's like, she bought a gun off a crackhead for like a hundred dollars and then sell it for four hundred and do it all over again. Just scratching serial numbers off, flipping the shit. She loved it. She was obsessed. Mm-hmm. When Shantae was twenty one years old, she caught the attention of. Marcus Lee. Now, Marcus Lee was a prominent gang member on 12th Street, and he had connections to help her level up because she was trying to, you know, level up, you know, get her money up. Um, Marcus was well known on the streets because he represented himself in court. This man represented himself in court and got acquitted for three murder cases. So he back out. They was like, this like, smart ass nigga here. They were like, this man is smart. So, and he also inspired that love of guns because. He kind of showed her his collection. Mm-hmm. And, and you know started. when somebody got something you wanted, yeah. she was like, I want that shit yeah. too. And that's when she started doing that flipping. And that's good money, you know? Yeah. Most illegal money is. Fast money. Fast money. After a while, Lil Ronnie graduated from high school and then he went on away to college. One of the things that their mother really valued, she remembers she was a school teacher. She really valued education. She really wanted both of her children to make the most out of their lives. And so Lil Rodney went away and he kind of felt bad about it because when he left, I mean, his younger sister is there and she was already in the streets. So Shantae is really thugging it in these streets and police are saying, top dog right she is hbic so police are saying that they suspect she's involved in 40 to 50 shootings because they say they saw a masculine female leaving the scene or witnesses reported that and so they got her down for when that. i first heard that i was like here they go masculine black women and i was like oh no she studied out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they were like we think she's involved in maybe 40 to 50 shootings and possibly even five killings. You know what I'm saying? But they never had any witnesses because this is the hood and snitches get stitches. So they had nothing against her, but she was definitely on their radar. And around the neighborhood, like, yeah, she'll fuck a nigga up, but she also, like, took care of the block. Like, if you needed something or you needed help with something, they could call on Shantae, and she liked to look out for the little niggas out there, right? And mm-hmm. one of the little niggas on the block was named DeAndre Parker. DeAndre owed Tay some money, and so she saw him, and so she checked his pocket. She was like, you owe me some fucking money. He ain't have it. So she's, like, frisking him down, and, of course, he gets mad about she's checking his pocket, so he decks her in the jaw. She pulls out her revolver, and she points it at him. She's running after him. She's trying to shoot him. So he runs away. Turns out her revolver jammed. She said it was something wrong with the pen. Something was wrong with the gun. But it spared his damn life right there. But it spared but it spared his life because he punched her in the face. <laughs> After that, it, everybody knew it was on site. Like, if on site was ever some shit, I've always said that, but, you know, I'm going to talk to you first. <laughs> they was... Everybody knew that they beef was real. So this feud between them escalated really quickly. One time she said that she was just walking on the street and she saw his big ass truck because he drove a big white pickup truck. Saw his big ass truck trying to run her over. So she's like, this nigga is trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. A couple days go by and on September 2nd, 2006, Shantae is walking to the gas station going to the corner store. She sees the same truck and then she sees like a woman in the car. No one in the driver's side is pulled up to the gas station. Next thing you know, she sees DeAndre walk out of the corner store into the car, just looking, you know, ahead. And then he looks up and he sees her standing right in 
well not right in front but across the across the gas station parking lot once she sees him she just gives him like a what's up like a little head and like a little little nod a little nod and his face goes white you know this nigga is like oh shit that bitch is here so what he does is he puts the car in drive with his baby mama and baby in the seat in the passenger seat in the passenger seat baby not in the car seat in drive it starts driving towards her so she pulls out her gun this time the gun is fucking working <laughs> Shantae pulls her gun out she lets out five rounds DeAndre gets shot in the arm and the chest and it severs his aorta his dying words where's his dying words was that bitch so right after this happened Shantae calls someone to scoop her up and they just rode around the city like it was a regular ass day and you know this time is different from all her other alleged murders right because this time they got a witness and it's deandre's girlfriend mia bailey they posted her picture up on the news and her cousin calls to tell her she goes home like she gotta see for herself and she finds out she is wanted for second degree murder shantae had to support her community behind her and i'm talking from the pastors to the gangsters everybody was riding for shantae ride ride they started calling her she's like she is not turning herself in she's just gonna lay low and so her brother was like well if this what you're doing i'm gonna tell you how to do it so she ends up going out to st louis to hide out with a cousin next thing you know there's like a bunch of pace posts on facebook talking about some i'm innocent duh, 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 or i'm over here doing whatever the fuck right so the cops are trying to find her so they are tracing her myspace and her facebook and pulling up to wherever the location is saying and they can never find her. This because she got the niggas back home. Every time they step just outside the city limits, they log into her account. They post some shit as if they her. Have the police. So she said, and every time it works, every time they sewed up, and she'd be like, I was never there. That was <laughs> <laughs> somebody who understood the footprint. It was that smart ass nigga, Marcus. Listen, I bet. It had to have been I bet. That. I bet it was that smart ass. And they were fucking with cops. They was just fucking with them. She said, I was having a ball. She said, I enjoyed every bit of it. So this went on for about six months. The police, they're like, we're searching, we're searching. Finally, on March 31st, 2007, they put her up on FBI's 10 most wanted list. And they put a $100,000 reward on her head. Shantae decides that she didn't want to go out in St. Louis. So she heads back to Kansas City. Her cousin set her up with an apartment. And somehow the police got tipped off. Cops come. They shut down a 10 closest blocks they evacuated all the tenants they said it took like a hundred people to pull off this shit and they bust in the house and they arrest her the same day they put her on the most wanted list was she deserving of being on america's most 10 fbi's 10 most wanted list right like i just feel because i mean once they have a hundred if there's a hundred thousand dollars on my head in the hood right come on now no. They was just like, listen, we're tired of chasing this. I'll wrap this up real quick. Yeah, and it did. It did. And it did. I don't know. I f- maybe if you go onto that list, once the FBI... I know once the FBI gets involved, like, then you get more resources. Yeah. It felt very excessive. Feels excessive. They arrested her. She didn't resist. And they have, like, this... I guess you'd call it, like, a perp walk. But in order to get to the jail, you have to walk through, like, this public space or whatever. And the news was all out there. And she in chains. Y'all, y'all got to see her picture. She, like, <laughs> she's shrugging. She got her hands up. And they was like, she may have fucked herself by doing this because she didn't necessarily look sympathetic, which she wasn't. She definitely felt like that nigga got what he deserved. You come for me. Right, I'm she said innocent. she was innocent. Yeah, she's like, I'm innocent. That nigga tried to run me the fuck over. Of course I killed him. So... 
but she got her hands up and she's shrugging or whatever. She literally looked like, well, let's see what's next. Like, hey, we're here now. She does not look like she cares at all. She said that just every picture of her, she looked angry and mean. And she's like, I'm not an angry and mean person. So I just want to show them that I'm, <laughs> I wanted to smile. And I haven't had a mud shot, y'all. But I feel like even if I'm bawling, crying, I'm going to be smiling in it. Because I smile in the Listen, I've, I definitely debated whether or not to smile in mine. So now that she's in police custody and she pleads not guilty, it's time for her to go to trial. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. She has to decide between a bench trial and a jury trial. And a bench trial is saying that you forego the jury and the judge is the only person that's getting the evidence the only person that is going to make a ruling the only person that is in charge of your sentencing so she has to kind of play this cool like okay do I think that I'm going to be able to appeal to a whole jury or am I more likely to appeal to this one person she ends up going with the bench trial Mm -hmm. and she said look it was self-defense so she's going with he was trying to run me over I it was self-defense. Yes, he was shot by me, but this is these are the reasons why. Prosecution argued that these gunshots weren't from the front. The way that the bullet hit the car, she had to have like shot from the side, meaning that she probably ran up on the car or was to the side. But I think, Marah thinks, that maybe the car door was open still. Mm. That maybe he didn't, he saw her and was like, oh shit, yeah. you know? I don't know. That's what I would have said. Right. And the judge, he said in court, and she she stood there. She was on trial. She testified. She was in her suit. She was showing. <laughs> she said, she was, um, I was here. Showing on the map. And went over I there. was here. This is exactly where it happened. She had a map. Because, I mean, those self-defense trials need that. Even when, uh, even with Cece, like, she had to draw a whole map. And she had to. Explain how everything. Talk about went. exactly how everything happened. But here we go. The same thing with Cece's trial and those self-defense cases. They were like, you have the option to run away. Mm-hmm. You had the option to leave. They said specifically she didn't she didn't use all available alternatives. So I guess if she was in a corner, that'd be one thing. But is this a multiple choice? So I have to sit here and analyze all of my choices like a multiple choice test when I think I'm going to die. I have to say A, B, C, D. Okay, eliminate two. Okay, which one? Let's make a hypothesis. Which one is the best one? I have to do all my test-taking skills? No, thank you. No, thank you. Not when I got a gun on me. (laughs) But then that becomes the problem with guns, right? It's like, oh, I don't have to think. I'll just shoot. Yeah. You're right. There's always two options. And that's life, trying to make the best decision for you at that time, you know? Like, we always... There's at some some point in your life, you're going to have to make a quick decision. And even if it's not, like... For that, you've always, there's some point, even if it's something trivial, you have to make a quick decision and it might make a lasting effect or whatever, but that's just life. Right. You got choices and it's all about the choices you make. And your choices, every choice comes with a consequence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the choice's choice if it's a good or bad one. Right. On November 18th, 2010, Judge Sheber was ready. All right. He said that she was guilty of voluntary manslaughter, which is like murder in the second degree, but sudden passion. So it's a class B felony. Because he did say that he felt like she feared for her life at the Mm -hmm. time. A class B felony has a sentence range of five to 15 years. And of course, it's up to the judge to decide 
what she's going to get. She was also found guilty of armed criminal action, and the judge got to decide, okay, how much was she going to serve for that? So he decided that for armed criminal action, she was going to serve three years in prison. Three years in prison and plus time served, so that was already taken care of. So for the murder conviction, or excuse me, the manslaughter conviction, he said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a 10-year suspended sentence with five years probation. So basically what that means is if you don't fuck up in five years, you're off while while you're, you know, back home. But if you fuck up one time, one parole violation, you're going back to prison and you're serving 10 years. She said, okay, bet. She did say that she felt like she lost because it was supposed to be, she was supposed to get off completely with self-defense. But everybody generally took that as a win like sis got to go home pretty much immediately mm-hmm. so on april 1st 2010 shante who was now 28 years old was out on probation with a 10-year sentence and she violated the parole she was back in a dope game no y'all she's still carrying a pistol and she had this girl she was talking to kind of heavy and she had her make all the moves that shante can't make right it's really giving me ursula have you seen set it off Yes, okay. of course. She's giving me Ursula from Set It Off, like, and Shantae is Cleo. So. Definitely, yeah. But. I was like, this is a whole. Right. Like, she want to be taken care of. She the trap. She, like, you know, the trap queen is really the girl who fucking with the trap nigga. And that's her. Right, right. <clears throat> so. Shantae was like, she fucked up with this girl, though, you know? She's like, I let her know a little too much, and I let her be around a little bit too much. And, you know, you got to keep your, your your personal shit and your business shit separated. Like, if that's not going to be your vibe, bitch, then, like, she don't need to be involved in this shit, you know? Right, so, right. She was, like, always watching. Like, she felt like she was being watched by the cops. She'd be like, it'd be people acting like they're working on the telephone lines. But then once they see her, see him, they'd be like, oh, got to go. And she'll see, like, police lights or some shit. And they're just waiting for her to fuck up. They're like, we know she's going to fuck up. We just got to see when. So on September 15, 2010, agents from the drug task force, they're watching a house, and they see Shantae and her girl come out of it. They get in a car, they drive off, and the police follow. And eventually they turn the lights on to pull them over. So her girlfriend is driving and Shantae is like, go, don't let them catch us. And a girl throws some weed out the window and she speeds up. Now, all of a sudden, the cops are coming out of nowhere and Shantae telling, oh, girl, don't let me get caught with this gun. And she don't know where to go. So Shantae is like, just let me out. So Shantae jumps out the car, starts running. She tries to dump her gun down a sewer, but the gun didn't fit and didn't go down. So the police catch up to her and now they got her on a gun charge and violating probation. So now Shantae is like, I'm going to need somebody to hold me down while I go do my time in jail. And I don't know if this is Shantae having respect for old girl or if this is like some gangster love that I just don't understand. But I guess she was like, this ain't the one that's going to hold me down in jail. And I understand it. Cause Why I'm do not you feel like that that's having respect for her? I don't. I, I feel like that's. I don't feel like it's having respect for her. I feel like that's what Shantae thinks it is. I don't think she thinks it's how that she, either. Really? Because they told she told them not to go get her ass. They were like, no, nah, she nah, let her let live. live. She gave her a pass. She got bl- you just got touched by an angel, girl. You put that's what the fuck happened there. 
She was just like, you know Let me let me tell y'all what happened because we're getting ahead of ourselves. So sis was mad because Shantae started fucking with somebody that they both knew. And you know, that makes us crazy. And she completely like, ghosted her while she was in jail. And she com once she I just wrote the car off for you. Are you mad at me because you got caught? Like what is it? So she cheats on her. She ghosts her. Shantae is not fucking with her. So what does sis do? She said, All right. I'm going to get your ass the fuck back and heads right to the police station. Starts telling everything. Starts just singing like her middle name is like all her business, y'all. All her business. So she testifies against her in court. Like Shantae has to go back to court, you know, of course, to get resentenced. Her her ex-girlfriend testifies against her. And then she was like, then they had to put her in witness protection. I would hate that. The streets was coming for her. As as the they was riding for Rada Tay, okay? They was riding for Rada Tay no matter what. And it, that's terrifying. But she also said that she knew what she was getting herself into by doing it, but she was so angry that That's why we don't act and off hurt. Of anger, bro. You dealing with niggas lies. I know. You can't, you can't do sit that. there and say that you want to be like the little trap baby and being taken care of and you willing to snitch cuz like nigga dropped you. Because it hurts your feelings. But it's... It's a cold, bro. It's a cold. It's also not learning how to properly control... Yeah, you also not learning how to properly control your emotions. And that shit's... Tough. It's real it's tough. hard. <laughs> you got to work on yourself. But, yeah, that that was why Shantae let her live. She, she said, I done seen her in these... Or, I done heard that these niggas done seen her in these streets. And I told them, just don't touch her. She spared her life. Yep. Talk about having pools. So on October 27, 2011, Shantae pled guilty in federal court. And on April 12, 2012, she got seven years for the gun charge. And now she has to go see Judge Sheber again. And let me tell you, he spared, he spared her. her. He, right. he let her live. Okay. <laughs> and he got hell for he it. He did. The prosecutors were mad. The cops were he, mad. They was like, we've been trying to get this bitch for so I long. Mean, you put her on the FBI. You put her on the FBI most wanted list. And then you... you she gets off right. pretty much scot-free. Not pretty much, but she gets off. So she's back in his court, and he's like, all right, I done told you. My granddaddy, I done told you, and I done told you. Now I got to show you. <laughs> so she's already got seven years for the uh -huh. having the gun. So now that she's violated her parole, the judge is like, all right, come on back up in him, and I'm going to give you 10 years. So now you have 17 years total. Take your ass mm. to prison. So, now that she's in prison, she feels like, you know, she's had some chance to do some reflection. And she thinks that had she been more mature about things back in the day, things wouldn't have went down with DeAndre how they went down. Because that's really her downfall was DeAndre. Things just kind of stockpiled right. after that. And she's like, at this point, she wants to turn her life around. She feels like she let her mom and her family down by not finishing her education. So while in prison, you know, she got her GED and she's looking to take some college courses. She says when she gets out, she's got to do something different because if she goes back, she's looking at 30 years. And <laughs> mm -hmm. just not doing that. <laughs> and she wants to be somebody who her little cousins can look up to. She said, I don't got no kids, but I got little cousins and. I want them to be able to count on me and look up to me or whatever. She's like, I always belong to the streets, but I ain't got to be in the streets like that no more, you know? So she'll be up for yeah. parole in 2027, and I guess we'll see. what That's soon. So we'll, yeah, see. Soon. we'll see how she does when she gets out. 
Because she did, she made it, what, three months last time? She went right back. Three months. Three months. So, we'll see if sitting on her ass a little bit slows her down. All right, y'all. It is time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. You want to go first or you want me? You go first. Why didn't you just run with the gun? Because she was going to get caught anyways. Making a... Girl... If she was dressed but anything how they had her portrayed little... with them Tim boots and baggy ass pants, she wasn't getting nowhere. You wasn't getting anywhere. Okay, so I've been trying to, you know, work out more. And there's a softball field at the park near me. And so sometimes I try to run, you know, run, go touch the base. Kind of like I'm doing suicides, yeah. but on a diamond. Not So I guess it's not like suicides, but whatever. Running and touching. And when you got to make that quick stop, especially like mid-20s. Knees don't do it like they used to. <laughs> just run. Just run. Just run away. Just run she away. She to drop that gun, though. I think I would have been more concerned about trying to get... Or she should have left the gun in there with her. Because I'm sure the serial Mm-mm. number was already scratched off. Because she already put, knew she couldn't touch that bitch. You're right or die. She Come on, get it. this charge. And she knew that. She knew that. She must have just had some good, good, and she wanted to keep her around no more, but that was never her rider, bitch. She may have thought that that was her rider, but in her head, she knew, and that's why she cut her off when she went to jail. And that bitch turned just like she thought she would. She said, I know I let her get too close. So, couldn't leave it with her. Listen, couldn't leave it with her. Maybe make sure that that gun went down the drain. Although, they'll probably go and find the drains or whatever. They couldn't see her near it. But if you're move, if you're running that fast, like you have to be sure. She can box, but she can't play ball. I don't know if she can play ball, so you gotta be and sure like, that shit her going streets. in. She should have had shit and it's set a- up. Like you know, they be having like little stash points. Like maybe if you dig the hole or something, mm-hmm. like have a trap ready or something, a game plan. What if the shit get caught on you? You just have little shit ready, but yep. that that one it. I didn't do it, but if I did. Fake Ursula should have never been a part of it because the real Ursula would have never turned on Cleo. The real Ursula would have been like, give me that gun, would have speeded past the cops, dropped Cleo off someplace else, and would have took a little bid for that. That's how I feel like Ursula was. She was a rider, rider, okay? And she was not playing her role. She wanted shit to be cute or whatever, and maybe had she been a more loyal girl, and maybe had she held it down better, then maybe she would have stayed talking to you in the jail. I also do think, though, she probably could have handled this little beef with uh, DeAndre better. You have the hands. Use them. Yeah, but, I mean, I get that people know you got a gun, and even though you got hands, y'all can get into it's, it's at the point now where y'all can get into a fair fight, and somebody's still going to pull it out on you just because they're mm-hmm. getting their ass beat. Some of y'all ain't just got y'all ass beat. Facts. <laughs> it's okay. Facts. <laughs> um. But, yeah, maybe she should have checked them right there, like, you know. Because I just feel like, DeAndre, if you was a real nigga, you'd have been like, I still don't got it. What work can I do for you? Like, let me work it off or something. Put me on a payment plan. Mm -hmm. Like, she's out here helping the hood. Like, she might have, like, fucked with your ego by checking you in front of people. But I'm sure y'all could have worked something out. Um, Parole or no parole. Well, she coming up. She got. She about, she about to, to finish come her on little out, sentence. girl. I just. She about to finish her little sentence. She come on out, girl. Yeah. Come on out. I'm ready to see what you gonna do. Let's see if she, you they gonna, gonna get. Um, she was like, she was like see. 24 when she shot him. 
So she'll be 45 when she gets out. Yeah, that's a lot of maturing. So we'll see. We will see, girl. There's still life to be lived. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <clears throat> you know, these old heads love to come in and they'll pick up some little baby moms and take care of them to get the family they always wanted. Studs love baby mamas. Mm, she should be on um, Love After Lockup. You're so funny. Definitely. I would definitely love to see that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We've got news. This, uh... You guys have seen it. <laughs> yeah. So, shout out to all of our artists who participated in this competition. Alrighty. So, we are so excited. These... It took us forever to figure out which ones we were going... Which ones were going to so be in our top talented five. people. Oh, my gosh. There were... Some of the ones that I didn't, I loved didn't make it in the top five. Some of the ones that Tazzy loved didn't make it in the top five. We were compromising like we've never right. compromised <laughs> before. It was it was tough. I feel how Tyra feels now. Like Tyra Banks. Yeah, and you know you have to choose who gets eliminated and who doesn't, and it's just like, uh decisions. It's all on me. Very excited. We have five finalists and we want you guys to go vote for what our next logo is going to be you can find the you can vote under the comments on the instagram yes it is the official one the one that says it's a logo competition (laughs) and you can vote on facebook right if you're in the discussion group don't be trying to put no random ass people in my discussion group (laughs) trying to get your extra votes because some people have i see i can see if you invited someone and I'm not mm. not not gonna let them in. I'm just. They better answer the questions. Suspicious. <laughs> or telling me, nope, I haven't listened to one of them. Right. I just heard about it, but stay tuned. Like, no, you try again. Um. And by the time this comes out, you'll be able to vote on TikTok and on Twitter. So you can vote one time per account on all of them. So if you want to vote on all of them, you can. Yeah. Finesse however you can finesse. But um, also, if you're putting two, some of y'all have been split. You can only pick one. So you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah, go back and do that. Count. Go back and do that. Um, I'm really excited. So a link to all of the artists' Instagrams will be in the description box below. The official Instagram page will be up. And then I just love some of the other submissions. So be on the lookout for those if you haven't seen them already. Of the amazing other artwork that was sent to us. Because it was such great work. And I feel like it at least needs to be seen. So we're going to post it up on the page as our honorable mentions. And tag them so you can reach out to them to see more of their work. All right. It's time for some reviews. Um... This one says A plus 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 from Tamara C. Uh, Tamara says, I have been waiting for a black female-led true crime podcast, and it's finally here. This podcast is fresh, informative, and funny. I love the seg <laughs> I love the segments, especially the OJ if I did it one. These cases are new to me, and this is much needed in the true crime genre right now. Amara and Taz clearly understood the assignment. Yes. Shout out to Amara and Taz. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of misspellings of Mara's name. Her name is Mara. It's not Mariah. 
It's not Maria. What else isn't it, Mara? Myra. Myra. It's not Myra. It's Mara. M A capital R A H. Thanks, friend. You're welcome. Yes, this, this true crime podcast is the best of the best. I've always loved true crime, but can never find a podcast on true crime that I actually liked. From the moment I started listening to y'all, I was hooked. I can't get enough of it. I live for Friday so I can listen to the new episode. I've been telling all my peoples about y'all. Finally, a true crime podcast about black women told by black queens. I can't wait until we start getting more than one episode a week. I'm officially addicted. Y'all think y'all just going to speak this into existence. <laughs> y'all keep speaking that energy on us, okay? Speak that Woo. energy on us. I'm, I'm okay with speaking that energy. One day it'll happen. One day. if I mean, Maybe a couple of years from now. I'm saying, look. (laughs) But one day. People are asking about the Patreon, and look, y'all don't understand. Me and Tazzy have tabled the conversation. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks for your love and support. We appreciate it always. Always. Um, Uh, If you want to get in contact with us, get in contact with you. Contact with me. You can hit me up on Twitter, Sister Sukil. Or you can email her. She's in charge of bad spaces. I also am the email. Podcast. Yep, she's the email. <laughs> uh, yeah, sisters who kill podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, I'm usually on on the Facebook group, but Tazzy's on there too. If you want to join the Facebook discussion group, make sure you answer my questions. Like I said, if you want to find us on Instagram, it's sisters who kill pod, and on t- TikTok, it's sisters who kill podcast. Make sure that you guys vote for the next official logo. Yes, yes, yes. Alright, Rada Tay, take us out. We on the trip, I can't take my twelve hundred bricks. Shaking dips and counterfeits, man, it's on